I don't really know what to make of all of the empty shelves at the grocery store and the fact that I can't find a piece of raw chicken anywhere, not to mention the toilet paper. And for some reason, heavy whipping cream seems to be at an all time low. And I go on social media and I just keep seeing, you know, most of this is first world problems. However, comma, I didn't think that we were supposed to say first world problems. Is it just me? Now be clear, I'm not saying that I have never used the term first world problems. I have absolutely positively said first world problems before. But somewhere along the line, I learned that it's really not politically correct. And I know it's a whole bunch of people who really don't know. So I just want to go ahead and unpack that. Okay. So the issue is when people say first world problem, what is it that they are really saying? And the definition of first world problem is a relatively trivial or minor problem or frustration. And that is implying a contrast with serious problems such as those that may be experienced in the developing world. Meaning that it's something that us in the first world really don't appreciate because the second, third, and fourth world are really the ones that have the issues. You understand what I'm saying? So first, you really got to get into these whole first, second, and third world, you know, these names in the first place. First of all, these three worlds model of geopolitics came about in the mid 20th century. We're talking about the Cold War. So these terms are extremely outdated, being that the first world was, of course, the United States and its capitalist allies in places, you know, Western Europe, Japan, Australia, and then we have the second world that was the Communist Soviet Union, which has since fell, and then European, like Eastern European areas. Meanwhile, the third world were all of the other countries, the European colonies, Africa, the Middle East, Latin America, and Asia. And so today, when people say first world, first world problems, they're still referring to, you know, the big, powerful big economy, United States of America, but there really isn't a second world anymore because it was obsolete after the falling of the Soviet Union. But then we're still looking down our nose on the countries that were in the third world because, you know, they're still unaligned and they still are per se in the developing world. And, you know, really with the third world, per se, third world countries, as we were referring to in this particular piece, we're talking about Asia, Africa, Mexico, India, Brazil, Haiti, Philippines, Thailand, Jamaica, Peru. The list goes on of the locations that we're actually discussing and and the fact that they're still viewed as developing countries because that is the actual politically correct term developing countries 
lower and low and lower middle income countries, the global South. So the term third world and first world are terms that are now no longer politically correct. Um, You're not supposed to be saying those words anymore. So yeah, we should not be saying first world problem. So outside of the historical background and when they determined in the Cold War that they were going to make these different classifications of the per se three worlds, what are we actually saying when we say hashtag first world problems or, oh, I'm complaining about my first world problems? Is it a comical apology for moaning about something that is trivial or is it really a condescending statement about individuals in a different situation and that's to be really looked at per person I guess it really depends on how you feel as an individual because that term itself it really is false and it really is condescending because it implies that because of other major issues that small like these mundane or seemingly per se luxurious hassles aren't considered as possibilities for that group of people. You get it? So, yeah, you know, that silly life stuff, it it doesn't matter for them. No, that's really not what's happening because silly life stuff happens for everybody. People in Lagos have cell phones. You know, they, 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 they know what text messaging is. Facebook and Instagram are a real thing. They have the same issues about Wi-Fi, how you always want to know what the Wi-Fi passcode is. I mean, in Cuba, we stood in a line to get a car to use Wi-Fi, a long line for almost an hour to get Wi-Fi. Like the struggle is real everywhere. And so it should not be considered a first world problem because you don't really know what their problems are in the first place now, do you? I'm gonna let you sit on that one. So pretty much by using the term first world problems, you're saying that they have the inability to see that others are fully complex and as keen on technology and pleasure as you are. You can't see that is essentially what we're saying when we indicate that is a first world problem because we can't possibly fathom, we can't possibly imagine that individuals who live in other situations such as other countries in other developmental stages without certain, you know, luxurious things that we have in the United States of America that we always sit down and look down at other people, we can't even imagine that they could possibly have the issue that we're having. Like, bruh, that's hella rude. And I apologize for ever using that term because it's really rude if you think about it. Since everybody knows what all the first world problems are, How about let's look at what third world problems are. So I did a little Google search and let me just tell you what some of the things are considered to be third world problems. And let's see, corruption, poverty, war, hunger, healthcare, education, and safety. 
well, there definitely isn't anything corrupt going on in these United States of America as all those individuals who knew about COVID-19 when it, you know, traded in those stocks. That wouldn't be anything like corruption or anything going on with Russia. We wouldn't know anything about that. All right. So corruption, poverty, poverty. Yes, poverty. We we in these United States of America would know nothing about poverty. And, you know, we can just look at the individual number of individuals who actually receive government assistance. We can look at, you know, how much debt we are in in the United States of America. There's so many things, you know, to go into poverty. And it doesn't have to be the individuals on the television late, late at night asking for 49 cents. That is not the only type of poverty that there is, people. And if you don't know that, and if you don't know, now you know, okay? War. You know, the fact that we just blew some up about a week ago, like about a month ago, we, we blowing shit up, about to start another war, thanks to 45. Hunger, refer back to poverty, healthcare, because, you know, it is a tax penalty now if you don't have coverage, but then everyone hates Obamacare, and why can't we just be like the other countries who have health care for all the citizens? And, you know, I think that health care is a problem in the USA as well. Then we're going to talk about education. Let's go ahead and unpack the fact that most people hate public schools and they want to put their children in private schools because in public schools, the type of education that you get depends on your zip code and the zoning. And if you happen to be in the poor neighborhoods, it's more likely than not that you're going to get a piss poor education too. Thank you, public schools. But education is not, that's not a problem in the U.S. today either. And safety. Safety, you know, like mass shootings, you know, all these different terrorist attacks that happen over here. Safety is definitely, nope, not a USA issue. And if you look at all of those problems that are considered quote unquote third world problems, well, they also seem to be first world problems too, don't you say? So who are we to say that our problems are, you know, less than theirs? But then they say that all those third world problems are caused by other things. And those third world problems are caused by exclusion, fear, intimidation, a broken infrastructure, and lack of money resources, access to information, and tools. Lack of money, lack of resources, access to information and tools. Okay, you know, exclusion is not anything. We can't get a woman in the house by nothing. Fear, I'm not going to say anything about that. Intimidation, nope, nope, you know. Nope, 45 would never. Broken, broken infrastructure. Well, look at the fact that our coronavirus cases are increasing. Lack of money and resources. Have anyone looked at the stocks lately? Access to information hmm. and tools. So, which world country are we again? <laughs> I'm just I'm just really wondering because based on what makes a first world problem and a third world problem looks like we're looking in the mirror. Okay. So we have covered what first world problems are. We have just <laughs> it's like I'm a teacher. We have discussed what first world problems are. We have discussed, you know, what we're actually saying 
we have definitely cleared the fact that it's not politically correct to actually say that or even to refer to people as first and third worlds. You know, definitely don't be like the president and make incorrect statements such as that. But really, what I want to touch on is how it really makes me feel. And also, it's a weird balance that it takes to really understand why it could be seen as offensive or why it is actually offensive. So when when I make that statement, it essentially says that because an individual or a class of people are poor, that it's the sole condition of their life. Like their circumstance is the biggest issue and it's the only possible concern that they could have. That's essentially what I would be saying if I say first world problem. Like, oh, they they can't possibly be worried about this because they have to be worried about, you know, this instead because this is just the worst thing in the world, you know. The fact that it, you know, the locusts took over everything. That's the worst thing they could possibly be thinking about. So no one's ever even taking a break in between that outbreak to, you know, worried about this. But look at us in the whole pandemic. And what y'all doing? Y'all listening to my podcast? <laughs> you clearly aren't worried about the biggest issue going on in your per se world right now. And so by saying first world problem, it's like, oh, they have... Literally no other thing that could occupy. They are a low life, <laughs> not like a low life, low life, but like that's all they have is this pain and the sorrow. But what about the fact that people have pain and sorrow, but they also have joy and happiness and jobs and family and friends and small ass trivial problems such as they don't have Wi-Fi just like we do. And so it kind of is inhumane. To a sense, it's inhumane to conclude that somebody does not have the right to complain about their own frustrations because of their wealth or their social class and that those things determine their experiences in life. Can you actually imagine somebody telling you, oh, be quiet every single time you voiced a frustration about something? Because, you know, you shouldn't be complaining because you have this. But don't we all pretty much do that to people? Because sometimes people use hashtag first world problems, you know, to laugh off something that they're complaining about themselves. But what about when a person is voicing their frustration or complaining and somebody looks at them and say, first world problem like oh the audacity of you to come at me and try to shame me for complaining because don't we all complain if I if I cut you do you not bleed it's essentially the same thing so but it's like the, the the worst thing about it is that it's always the same it's like the root of all evil is that we exist and we currently live in a comparing and a contrasting about every single aspect of our lives. And with the fact that we compare and contrast in every single aspect of our life, how can you do that and balance the awareness that you have at the same time? Okay, so my question pretty much is, 
How do you balance being like aware and still being able to complain about the small stuff going on in your life? Like, can you actually do both? Is there a way that you can sufficiently do both? Complain and then be like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be complaining. (laughs) And I don't really know if you can do both. Because I feel like, yeah, everybody has the right to complain, but maybe we really should be more appreciative of the things that we have and realize that it's a blessing and really, you know, stop and think about it before we complain about stuff. And, you know, sometimes when people ask me how I am, I say no complaint, so I can't complain or, you know, because I really just need to be quiet because... I try to remember that no matter what's going on in my own life, that it's a possibility that I can be complaining about something that could be a blessing in somebody else's life. And also, I don't like to unpack my problems on people. You know, y'all are not considered people that I don't like to be unpacking my problems on because you chose to be here. And so we're here together and we're going to do this unpacking. And so y'all don't count. So y'all can take these problems that I'm unpacking. (laughs) So, but I try to think about that whenever I am, you know, talking to people or going about discussing things about life is that I don't want to unpack on somebody else and, you know, really be a burden to others. But one way I also think that I balance it is that I like to do community service. And I don't care what anybody says about, oh, well, if you post your community service, who are you really doing it for? I'm doing it for the person that I was doing community service for. Thank you. Just because you don't want to see my post and you may think that it's vain, let's be real. All of social media is vain. Everyone uses social media in order to boost themselves up or boost something that they want to promote for their own personal reasons. That's what social media is. Get out of here talking about, oh, if you post your social, if you post your community service, are you really serving? Yes, maybe we're posting our community service so that people like you will actually see it and maybe want to join doing community service, you know, join doing something good and being helpful, not being so, you know, negative. Don't be a negative Nancy or a negative, what's a man's name? Negative Nicholas. Don't be, don't be that person. Okay. Don't do it. It's unbecoming of you. It's very unbecoming. But I think that's what you can do. In order to balance it, a good way is to acknowledge all of your blessings that you have. You know, sometimes you just got to give yourself a hand clap. You know, round of applause, baby. Make, give yourself a round of applause. And, you know, then give back in some ways. You know, that's all that you know the life is really about what mark are you leaving on the world on the community for your family what legacy are you leaving so it's always nice to give back and acknowledge so instead of saying that something is a first world problem maybe take what you think of issue is that they have and give to those individuals that you wanted to say had less than you in that moment i think that's a great way to do it Because that way you are acknowledging the fact that you have more and then you can just take that more that you have and give it to those who you think need it. And then everyone will be happy. 
you will have done your part and the world will go forward and then everyone can take a photo and share it and then inspire others to do the same thing. But since you're inspiring others and doing the same thing, I'm going to tell you all the truth. This quarantine, this stay at home, this situation that's going on to, you know, do your social distancing. I've been talking to, to just me, myself, and Alex lately. And I, I really ain't got much more to say. So I ain't going to give you these 30 minutes. So when you get done posting a picture about community service or about the thing that you have done to assist with the pandemic, or, you know, just anything good to keep the, you know, the happy spirits. Post that. But then also make sure you post about this episode 10 of the However, comma, podcast. Make sure to leave a review, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, share with somebody. You know, all that good stuff. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode. My name is Jade. I am your host. And as I always tell you... Don't hesitate. And y'all be nice. Dang.